Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright guys, welcome back for another episode. Sorry for no episode on Sunday or Monday. It's, again, just got busy. Yesterday, Monday was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Sunday... It wasn't as busy as Monday. I just couldn't, didn't have the time to do the episode. I get busy sometimes. Uh, I have a life outside of podcasting. Uh, obviously, I did uh, two episodes on Saturday because I did one on Thomas's channel that took an hour and one here that was around an hour. Last week, I did about seven episodes. Uh, I did seven episodes, an episode every single day up until uh, Sunday, and it was about an average time of almost 15 minutes. So, you know, I felt, although I didn't, you know, I don't like taking a break. I felt, you know, it was bound to happen. And tomorrow, I also can't guarantee an episode. I hope to get on the air for you guys, but I can't guarantee anything for tomorrow either. So I'm coming uh, at you guys with an episode today. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing the NBA awards. I made my predictions up on my Instagram at, at 8 p.m., so an hour before the awards came out yesterday. Um, I made my prediction, so if you don't believe me, you're going to have to go follow my Instagram after the Buzzer Sports Talk uh, and see my predictions there for proof. So we're going to discuss those. Look at my predictions. I didn't get them all right. And then we're going to be discussing the big three. Uh, It's the Basketball Ice Cubes Basketball League. Uh, I just kind of want to discuss the rundown for you guys and kind of give you guys like a preview uh, to that. You guys should definitely look into it. Maybe we'll discuss that on this podcast. And then we will be discussing the Boston Celtics. Uh, Steven Adams might be becoming a Celtic. Kemba Walker. So we'll get to all that. So first, we are going to start with the NBA Awards. So let's get to that. All right, so last night you had the NBA Awards. I'm going to go over all the ones that I made predictions for, mostly just the bigger awards. Uh, and first is MVP. I predicted it was Giannis. I have a still a debate for James Harden. The more and more I thought about it, I think Giannis deserved it slightly over James Harden. But in for my opinion, I've always said James Harden deserves it, but Giannis, um, excuse me, Giannis, will win it. And lately, I've been thinking, I haven't really discussed it, but lately I've been thinking, you know, I think Giannis might deserve it a little more than James Harden. And overall, I always predicted Giannis would win it. I just debated who really deserves it. And James Harden was close, but I did think by the end of it, Giannis deserved it a little more. Uh, and I, I picked Giannis, and I was correct on that prediction. Uh, I think most people did pick Giannis to win. A few people picked James Harden, like Stephen A. Smith picked James Harden. I think he's a big James Harden fan, and he wanted to go a little bold because that's just kind of what Stephen A. Smith does. Uh, I don't really, you know, you know, I enjoy listening to him, but I don't really use his opinions. I use my own opinions, but I'm, you get what I'm saying. I, I, I don't usually, would never really base my opinion off of what he says. He's more of a guy that just entertains me than someone that actually gives me yeah, you get the point. Uh, you know, I respect him, but sometimes it's a little crazy. I don't think James Harden's a crazy uh, pick. It's just uh, it wasn't the right one. I think most people expected that. Giannis had a great year. He led the Bucks uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals. He led the Bucks farther than James Harden led the Rockets. Given James Harden uh, faced the harder second-round opponent, uh, I'm, I'm willing to say it. The Warriors were better than the Celtics this year. 
Yeah, I know it's a bold statement. Um, coming from a Celtics fan, especially. I, I feel like most Celtics fans wouldn't admit that. I actually feel that. And it's actually, it makes me sad. But anyway, I, I just think Giannis is a little more than James Harden did. And now moving on to Rookie of the Year, I predicted Luka Doncic. I think pretty much everyone did. I heard a few people go bold and predict co-Rookie of the Years with him and Trey Young. I just didn't see it happening. I expected Luka to get most of the votes. Trey Young came out in the second half of the season and came out real strong. And really in that second half of the season was better than Luka Doncic was. But Doncic had the overall better rookie season. And you had to go with... Luka Doncic. I think that was the right prediction. Uh, you know, Trey Young had a good year. I think DeAndre Ayton, excuse me, DeAndre Hunter. The draft is just still in my head, but DeAndre Ayton, you know, he had a very good year as well. I thought he put up some solid stats. I don't think anyone really thought he'd actually win rookie of the year, but uh, Trey Young was, you know, in it, but not by a whole lot. I think most people expected Luka. Uh, good seasons by Trey Young and DeAndre uh, Ayton anyway. Then Coach of the Year, I predicted Mike Budenholzer. Going into last night before I made my predictions, because I've gone with Budenholzer all the way, I was just like, should I go bold and pick Mike Malone here? Not only did I want to go a little bold, but I felt um, I felt a little like suspicion. Like maybe he creeps up on us and is like the you know surprise pick of the year for these NBA awards, which is you know it's not a huge a lot of surprise picks usually. So I felt like that was one that maybe you know maybe he could surprise us. I mean Malone took the Nuggets to you know to seven games in the um what in the second round of the Western Conference Finals. So I felt like that was just about their ceiling. And, you know, the Bucks did go farther. Overall, I would have picked Budenholzer. I did pick Budenholzer, and if I had a vote, I'd pick Budenholzer. But uh, I just had that creepy suspicion of Mike Malone. But Budenholzer did win it. John Horstall also won it, the GM. They had a heck of a night last night, the Bucks did. But I picked Budenholzer. Just the way he came into there and ran the system around Giannis, I, I don't think it, it takes it exactly a genius. I think a monkey could have figured out that he kind of need to spread the floor for Giannis, but he went in there and did it. Jason Kidd didn't really. Uh, Giannis can't shoot, but he can certainly drive to the hoop, and the system he ran was almost unstoppable at times. You surround Giannis Antetokounmpo with shooters. It makes sense. Giannis is someone who can drive to the hoop and wreck havoc, and if they collapse on him, he can kick it out to a wide-open sh- knockdown shooter in the corner or up at the arc. I mean, look at their team. Chris Middleton, he could shoot. Nicole Miritich could shoot. Eric Bledsoe is one of the few exceptions. I wouldn't say he can't shoot, but he's not exactly a star shooter. More of a slashing playmaker. A great defender, too. So that was kind of the... Eric Bledsoe played more of a, you know, slashing, playmaking, defensive role. He added more of your defense. You don't need to shoot every player to be able to shoot. And it's not like Eric Bledsoe couldn't either, but you get the point. Again, Chris Middleton, Nicole Miritich. I thought like Pat Connington even was able to shoot. You got deep into that roster. Tony Snell, who was traded. Uh, more starters. Let me think. Brooke Lopez, one of the best stretch fives in the league this year. Perfect fit with the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Malcolm Brogdon could definitely shoot. So you just go down the list. Almost everyone could shoot. And again, Eric Bledsoe is one of the worst shooters on the team, and he's not even horrible. He's just more of a slashing, playmaking, defensive-minded point guard. That's just how uh, he is. But Mike Budenholzer went in there and ran a perfect system. Again, did it take a monkey to figure that out? No, I could have gone in there and figured out, yeah, if we surround him with shooters, that might actually work pretty well. But he actually went in there and executed it. And I think he did even a little more than that. 
Uh, he, you know, he was handed a good team with depth, a lot of talent, and he put it to work. And overall, I thought their ceiling was to make it to the NBA Finals, and they did lose in six in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they still had a good year, um, in my opinion. I, I don't think anyone thinks they had a bad year. But anyway, moving on, we'll do what else? Sixth man of the year. I also want to say something about the sixth man of the year. This is becoming rigged. This is becoming stupid. Foolish. I like Lou Williams. I like him a lot. Bucket getter off the bench. Sweet Lou, he's so good off the bench. Very good player. Bucket getter. But here's the thing. It's kind of rigged at this point. Lou Williams is the best player on the Los Angeles Clippers, and he's getting sixth man. I could throw LeBron James on the bench and sub him in a minute in the game, and he'd be a sixth man candidate. It's stupid at this point. It means nothing to me. Sixth man means nothing. And I know you're probably saying, hey, yeah, I think we kind of, some of us already figured that out. Not all of you. Some of you think sixth man means, I wouldn't say everything, but it means a whole heck of a lot. It doesn't. I could throw an all-star. Lou Williams was an all-star reserve given, not this year, but last year. And he was coming off the freaking bench. He's been their best player for years. He just comes off the bench. It's stupid. It's utterly stupid. Even Lou Williams, who's an all-star type talent, you can throw technically, you could do this. Throw LeBron on the bench, some three minutes into the game. And, you know, think about Lou Williams. He just starts the game off the bench and then comes in. If it's, you know, a close game at the end and you throw out your best five, Lou Williams is in there. He's their best player. So when your best player is coming off the bench, I kind of sit there either, you know, I, I get it, it's just an award, but to me it's stupid. I guess keep it the same and have it just be the stupid little award to make some guy a little happy like Lou Williams. I think it's just Doc Rivers' way of keeping Lou Williams a little fresh. You know, a fresh, your best player comes off the bench. That's kind of a strategy thing that not a, pe- a lot of people use. Lou Williams isn't exactly like in superstar talent, so he's more of like a borderline all-star talent. So you can kind of do that with that type of player with a smaller ego as well that wouldn't really mind it because he understands the strategic thing. He knows he's the best player. Some of these guys wouldn't wouldn't take it easily and are better to the point where you really just can't sit them because they're, I don't know. But I think Lou Williams is at that kind of stage where, yeah, he's the best player, but he's at that stage where, you know, he's a borderline all-star and he has such a small ego that I think he's cool with it anyway. Whatever helps the team win. And I think Doc Rivers is sitting there saying, we're going to keep you fresh off the bench, get you in there in a few minutes. You'll play when we have our starting five out there, uh, best five out there. You get the whole point. But to me, it's just foolish because this guy, you know, he's sixth man quote-unquote. He's their best player. He plays when their best five is out there. I look at sixth man as more like, not even necessarily the sixth best player, because then I'm sitting there like, Harold legitimately came off the bench. But, like, I don't even know know how to put it, but, you know, maybe if they're like your fifth or fourth best player, but let's say it's like Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's a good example of a guy who comes off the bench. He's around, what, their fourth best player, fifth best player, for the Houston Rockets, fourth or fifth best player. But he's still kind of considered a sixth man because, you know, he's not going to start over CP3 or James Harden. You know, he's still bench material. Lou Williams, not bench material, especially on the Clippers. Okay, I know the Clippers weren't had a good, solid season, but looking at that roster, Lou Williams is the best player. Eric Gordon, more bench material. That's what's kind of why it scuffed to me, but I predicted Lou Williams like basically everyone else did. For most improved player, I picked Pascal Siakam. Um, 
like almost everyone else did. I thought D'Angelo Russell had an amazing season. Again, I never, um, I never, um, what do you call it? Gave up on D'Angelo Russell, but I didn't expect him to have this good of a year. I'll admit for, you know, I've been saying it all year. Um, I, I, well, I've been saying it for a while, not on this podcast because I haven't had it. I got this podcast, what, around, after the All-Star break or around the All-Star break time? Like, February 22nd, I think, was the date. But um, I just never gave up on him, but I didn't expect this good of a year. I'll admit, I t- of course I didn't. If you're telling me I... um. If you're telling me, I guess he's going to have this all-star type of year, I, I'd be lying to you. Um, but then, yeah, also De'Aaron Fox had a good year. There were a lot of candidates for that. Like, guys that didn't even make it. Buddy Heald had a great year. A uh, few other names. Gee, I forget by now. But you get the point. You know uh, some of these uh, players that I'm talking about. But, no, I mean, there were some good options there, but Pascal Siakam had to be the guy. The guy literally improved in every single statistic. I remember back in, I think it was October, talking about this guy and telling, like, uh, Thomas from the tip-off. I was just like, check out this guy, Pascal Siakam. No one really knows about him, but he's key in the Raptors' defensive schemes. He's, you know, he's really improving. Like, I think he might win most improved player. I'm not even lying. Uh, I don't have that on record because I didn't, let's say in front of a camera or anything, but I did tell people, like, look out for this guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, everyone started realizing and started overrating. I remember when that guy was, like, underrated. Uh, not really anymore, but still a great player. Uh, well-deserved for Pascal Siakam. Then for Defensive Player of the Year, this was the one I got wrong. I picked Giannis. I picked Giannis. I want bold. Not many people picked Giannis, okay? Yet it was a three-headed race. It was a three-headed race. I'd say that was probably the hardest one to predict. That was the one most people got wrong. Rudy Gobert won Defensive Player of the Year. He won it last year, I do believe. I picked Giannis. I thought Giannis was going to win both. I did. At that point, it seemed like the Bucks were going to take every single award. It did. It seemed like it, or at least half of them. Jeez. Uh, but, no, Paul George uh, then uh, was third. I think Paul George was third in the voting. Giannis was second. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, no, it was a three-headed race. It really was. And I heard someone tell me, try to tell me, Paul George was snubbed. Uh, Paul George was snubbed. I heard someone say this, at least. They were, like, an OKC fan. I don't know who it was. But they were an OKC fan, and they said PG, Paul George got snubbed. And I said, no, he didn't get snubbed. First of all, you're being biased because you're a salty Oklahoma City Thunder fan. And second of all, no one got snubbed. No one got snubbed in that Defensive Player of the Year race. It was a three-headed race. Rudy Gobert edged him out by a little bit. Rudy Gobert was the favorite going into it, but no, I had I had Giannis. I did. I picked Giannis to win. I thought Paul George was a close, close candidate as well. I don't think anyone got snubbed. It was a close race. So that's kind of the uh, whole NBA awards. It, it was good. It was good. It was good. It was a good night last night. Uh, I pretty much nailed my prediction, except for Rudy Gobert. I think most people did very good on their predictions. Yeah, these NBA awards seem to become pretty easy, so I'm not sitting here like, oh, I got everything but one wrong, because I'm sure thousands of NBA fans got all their predictions correct, because I decided to go a little bold and pick Giannis. That's just what I felt, uh, and I'm all right with that prediction. I'm going to get some wrong. That was a close race, and to be honest, I kind of did them at last minute, so I just 
threw Giannis in there. I'm just kidding. I, I did think it out, but I did do a last minute. I'm not. That's not joking. Uh, so again, go check my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk. All lowercase, no spaces to stay updated. I make some posts every once in a while, like who's your favorite, and like I don't know, just some qu- NBA questions or any sports questions in general. But also just mostly just keep you guys updated on podcasts. So that way, you now you can. Uh, see my predictions and they are for real you can check how long ago i posted it and it was at uh, i think like 7:58 or like 8 p.m or something so anyway those were my nba award predictions that i made reflecting back again one wrong rudy gobert one instead of Giannis or defensive player of the year but how'd your predictions look anchor mobile app call in type in after the buzzer sports talk send in a voice message uh, on anything you want to talk about what are these nba awards what did your predictions look like anything you would change also if that does not work go in safari and type in after the buzzer sports talk podcast by aiden mayer on anchor you should be able to click it uh the link to my podcast on anchor and be able to send in a voice message that way so now we are going to get to uh, my little take on the big three so let's get to that Okay, so this is basically like a rundown of the rules, what the big three is like for those of you who don't know what it is, um, and basically my take on it. So basically what the big three is, it's a um, it's a league, it's a basketball league run by a celebrity named Ice Cube. Don't know a lot about him, but um, he runs a league and it's basically mostly retired NBA stars slash players. A few guys that did not never play in the NBA but are still pretty good. Uh, it's, it, they're better than you think. Most of them, like, guys like uh, Joe Johnson play in it. Uh, Jason Terry plays in it. Reggie Evans. Joe Johnson was a monster last week. Reggie Evans dropped 20, at 2020, too. I was watching. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you ain't got guys like... I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, Brian Scalabrini's in it, for God's sake. you got to look at the rosters. There's 12 teams. There's a ton of players. I just kind of forget because I'm still getting familiar with the league. I'll admit, it's gone on for three seasons. Now, the the first season just started this weekend. Uh, third season, excuse me. I didn't watch the first two seasons. I, I'm still new to it, too, but I figured I'd give you most of you guys a preview because some of you know nothing. I know more than most because uh, no one really watches it. But, um. So, again, I haven't watched the Big Three. It's on on CBS. Sometimes you have to watch CBS Sports Network. Um, so, again, I, I didn't watch it the first two seasons. Kind of wish I did. Again, I first of all, it was why I tuned in to just see on Saturday to see the golf leaderboard. Uh, Ches Reefy was winning at the time. And he's running away with it on Saturday. Jeez. But I saw the, the schedules like with the Big Three's on. I want to check this out. So I did, and at first I was like, oh, this sounds really, really cool. And then I watched the highlights. I was just like, this isn't as cool as I thought. And then I watched the real game, and it's actually pretty good. So here are the rules. Uh, So I wrote these rules. These are the rules for the regular season only, and in the playoffs they could change. So these are the rules from what I know and what I've seen on CBS, so I'm like 99% sure this is the rules, at least for the regular season. All right, so here they are. First team to 50 wins, but you must win by two. It's three versus three, but there's usually five to six players per team, plus one coach. Most of the coach are retired legends from the NBA. Uh, you got George Gervin's doing it. Uh, uh, who is it? Uh, what's his name? Oh, God. Um, geez, I'm telling you, I forget. I, I'll forget some of these guys. You have to remember, I didn't watch back in the 90s, okay? I wasn't even born then. So you have to remember that. It's not bad because I know who they are. I just, oh, God, I... I just, I'm still getting familiar with the league, all right? 
All right, and no game clock. Shot clock is 14 seconds. Halftime starts when one team hits 25 points. On shooting fouls, you get one shot at the line worth two points. And if it's technical shots, you get two shots. So if it's off a tech, you do get two shots. Uh, There's a three and four point line. So they do incorporate the three point line and the four point line, which is actually cool. It's not shot a whole heck of a lot, but it's something to look out for. And maybe it gives the NBA a few ideas. Again, it's not even close to the NBA uh, on a competitive level. It's still more competitive than I thought it would be, but just it's 3v3, retired players. But, again, it's pretty interesting if you're interested in the four-point line. Uh, it's half-court basketball, so not full court. Um, if a miss hits the rim, the other team must clear, but if the other team doesn't, doesn't hit rim, you don't have to clear. It's pretty much like backyard, yeah, one-on-ones and stuff. Yeah, half-court, yeah, get the point. And if you need to know more rules, uh, free, feel free to look it up or call in if you just, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't just look it up. But if you really want to call in and ask, I mean, go ahead and I'll look it up for you. But you do you. Uh, so here's what I wrote, like my take on it. So those are the rules. I'll get to the schedule in a minute, but I want to get to my takes right now on it. Um, I wrote. First one I want to get to, games are more competitive than you think. As I said a minute ago, I wrote, the big three sounds like a pretty laid-back lead, but it's more competitive than you think, and some of these guys can still hoop. Don't get me wrong, it's not on the same level as the NBA, but this is taken seriously. There are two refs, and the players and coaches don't take mistakes or losses easily. It's a good mix, in my opinion, though. It's a good mix between, you know... To the point where it's too laid back, you know, it's not like too laid back and lazy, but it's not too, too competitive to the point where it's like the NBA. Because I want a little di- bit different. You know, I want this to be a little fun. I I won't lie. They're not out here doing trick shots. I They don't. They take this pretty seriously. Not on the level of the NBA, uh, you know, competitive-wise, but the way they take it is almost as, you know, I wouldn't say as you know, serious as the NBA, but it's it's up there. It's more competitive and serious than you think. Trust me on that. Just watch a game or two. Uh, and I wrote also different than the NBA. I wrote the big three is de- definitely different than the NBA. So if you enjoy the NBA, I can't guarantee you like this, but I bet you'll enjoy it. But I don't know. Maybe you won't. These guys aren't as athletic as NBA players, and it's only three versus three, but it's really just a lot different to me. It is. It really is. You heard the rules. Okay, you heard the rules. It's only half court basketball. It's three versus three. You know, the you know you look at the bench. There's only a few guys, and you got a coach and you know two or three subs. And let me tell you, some of those subs, you think it's basically even playing time? Not really. Some of those guys, like Ryan Hollins, plays in it. I also forgot to mention his name. Like oh, Greg Oden plays in it. Lamar Odom. I'll just name a few more guys. But like Ryan Hollins is one of the guys. I know he's an analyst. I listen, listen to his opinion every once in a while, hear his opinion around town, and I just really didn't see him in the game. I don't know if he wasn't there. I kind of forget, but this, you know, I'll tell you the schedule in a minute. But, no, it's different than the NBA. It's more competitive than you think. Not as competitive as the NBA. Again, these guys aren't as athletic anymore. The competitive level's down. The rules are just so much different. It's unique. So if you like the NBA, I can't guarantee you like this, but just watch it. Again, I'm not saying, yeah, you probably won't. There's a 
good chance you will. I do think there's a good chance you will enjoy this. But again, I can't make any promises. And here's the schedule. There are a total of 12 teams, by the way. There are three games on Saturdays and three games on Sundays. Uh, the league goes on this season for a 11 total weeks. Nine for the regular season, two for the playoffs. So far, one week has been played. So there's one game a week for these guys. So it's not like you, it's not like the NBA also where there's a game every night. You get three on Saturday, three on Sunday, which is good. Because they're different times, too. It's not like, oh, which one should I tune into? They're like back to back to back, which is great, uh, usually. Um, I remember the last game on Sunday, last game of the week. I wanted to see Brian Scalabrini play, but it was on CBS Sports Network, which I don't have, uh, which is a bummer. But I just didn't look at the highlights. Um, so, again, you've already missed the first week, but you can go back and look at the highlights, and you're just going to have to wait till, till the um, – Till what's it called? Jeez. Um, this weekend. Uh, I will tell you, I still don't know a lot. I want to know a little more about the league before I really start talking about it, especially because when I started talking about it today, like just previewing last week, it would be pointless because I doubt really any of you watch it. So in case I do do like... You know, I do start actually talking about the big three every once in a while. Like, not every single day, but maybe, like, once a week we do, we check up on the latest week, some of the news. I'm still getting more familiar with the rules and everything, so maybe by the time week two or three hits, we can start actually reviewing the week. I will tell you the player of the week last week, Joe Johnson. Iso Joe was on fire. He's money. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully if we do do that. Plus, if I did it today, I still don't know a whole lot about the league, and most of you probably haven't even watched it, so I figured that would kind of be pointless. So I'll let you give you guys a chance to watch it and try it out before I really talk about it. Plus, I need more experience with it myself. So that's kind of my take on the big three. Give you guys a little preview and go watch because we might talk about it on this podcast for real, especially this time of year. You got baseball and you got golf going on. And I know you have the off season for – you know, the NHL, which I'm not really into. The NFL, which I'm into. You know, I always lose heavy on the draft, heavy on free agency. But outside of those two things, no, I just don't really. No, I don't know why. I'm more of a watcher when it comes to football. And I do heavy on the draft. But NBA offseason is something that I just cover like crazy. Uh, but anyway, now we are going to get to some of the latest Celtics news. So let's get to that. So, first of all, I want to kick it off with Kyrie Irving. Because I know I said Steven Adams and Kemba Walker. First, I want to touch it off on Kyrie Irving. Calls into Solak and Bertrand. I wanted to talk about this Saturday, but I had Thomas on the show. And even though he knew about it, it was a long enough podcast. And I felt like squeezing that into maybe just a little too much. And I know it's a little bit of late news by now, but this is still crazy. If you haven't heard it yet, look up Kyrie Irving calls in. You know, you'll probably see it because it's a pretty hot topic. But he called into Zolak and Bertram, which is a station on 98.5 Sports Hub. They're on weekdays, I think, 10 to 2. Uh, excuse me, 10 to 2. I'll admit, I don't listen to them a lot. Uh, when I listen to 98.5 Sports Hub, which I do a lot, it would be great to actually work for them one day. Um, I mostly listen to, like, Felger, Maz, and Adam Jones. Uh, but I do listen to Zolak and Bertram every once in a while. You know, mostly their end of their show before Felger and Maz gets on. Usually, you know, I'm busy, you know, outside of doing this, I, I'm pretty busy. You know, I got school, not right now, but usually I got siblings that do a lot of sports. I do a lot of sports. So, I mean, it, it it's tough, but no, Kyrie Irving calling, and that's ridiculous, okay? Trying to defend yourself, that was just ridiculous. You have to go listen. Then with Steven Adams, the Celtics may be interested in Steven Adams. 
Now, I have heard reports that uh, Matt George reported this, tweeted this out, 5.56 p.m. Um, two days ago. That I've been told by a couple of different sources now that Oki's OKC's asking price was too high for Adams. Speculation is that they wanted a package headlined by Bogdanovich, who aren't the Kings aren't interested in moving in a deal. So I know you're probably saying, Aiden, why are you talking about Bogdanovich? This is from Bogdan Bogdanovich and this Kings. Why are you saying this? I just figured I'd throw out there that when they offered their offer to the Kings, their asking price was way too high. So maybe their asking price is a little too high to the Celtics as well. Maybe. I'm just throwing it out there. That's an idea because it was too high for the Kings. Um, so I also heard a rumor. This is from Nesson, which... I'm not saying they're not trusted, but they're not my go-to source either. Four hours ago saying, Steven Adams trade not a primary pursuit for the Celtics. And I'm glad. I don't think Steven Adams would be an amazing fit here. I don't think he'd be a dazzling fit with the Boston Celtics. I don't really, really want him that much either. I don't want Steven Adams a whole heck of a lot either. Okay? Uh, I think he's making around $28 million, and I just don't want that contract in the first place. I don't mind Steven Adams. I get the whole mustache and everything. And I, I'm not saying that's like, oh, that's why we're not trading for him. But I get that he's a bit of a meme, if you will. Um, you know, what what is OKC looking for? You know, what are they going to look for? Are they going to look for, you know, Jalen Brown for Steven Adams? Which is way too high. I never do that. Never. But is that what they're looking for? Like, Jalen Brown for Steven Adams and, like, a first, maybe a second as well. Like, is that what they're looking for? Are they looking for maybe Marcus Smart, someone who can bolster up their defense but not the three-point shooting? Are they looking for Gordon Hayward, who is really a wild card and is someone who, you know, does not help your salary cap at all and could help your shooting, but you don't really know – and he could be another scorer, but I don't really feel like you need another scorer like that. You just need a shooter. You need three and D wings are would be great for OKC. And they just don't have it. And Gordon Hayward gives you streaky shooting, more on-ball play, which you don't need, which you really don't need. He doesn't give you defense, which you really need. And he doesn't give you good contract. So I don't think they should want Gordon Hayward. I just don't see what move they'd make. You know, you're not giving up Jason Tatum. You know, you're just not. You're not giving up Jason Tatum. The odds you give up uh, Jalen Brown are small, and it would have to be Steven Adams and a multitude of other assets, which I really don't feel like OKC has a great abundance of assets either. Uh, and going down the list, like, who who are they going to – who who are you moving? Unless it's a three-team deal or a four-team deal that Jalen Brown's a part of, and you're getting Steven Adams and more. But, again, I, that's the thing. You'd have to get more. I go down the list. Jason Tatum, uh, you know, maybe Romeo Langford. I just said no. He's probably not. I just I'm really still mad about that pick. But again, I just don't know who they're gonna give up at this point. And why do we want Stephen Adams again? Where did this come from? Again, twenty five point eight mil. So it's not twenty eight mil, but twenty five point eight mil. So pretty close for two next two years. So do you want that contract on the books again? It depends. Is Stephen Adams a nice young player? Yes, but is he worth that money? No. And the money's not even my biggest issue. How well will he fit with the system? A good rebounding big that can do a little scoring on the block. I'm predicting maybe 15 points per game next season. Something around that. 
Uh, he's improved every year scoring overalls, overall play. His overalls for all play. But no, I, it just depends on what the trade package. You guys really, this is a good one. Good one to call in on the Anchor Mobile app for. Possible trades for Steven Adams. I'm going to work out some trades on the trade uh, thing, which I did. I kind of did uh, on the trade NBA trade thing with picks. Uh, the trade NBA thing. I don't use the ESPN one because to me it's just it's, it's not as good. The trade NBA one, you can add picks, trade exceptions. That NBA trade machine, I'm good. I'm really good. I'm sorry. I know it's the reliable go-to source, but no. Trade NBA is better, in my opinion. And that's what I'm going to use. And I did work out some trades, but I want to think a little more in-depth, a little more creative maybe. But you guys also do that. Call him in with some possible trades. Steven Adams to the Celtics. Maybe in Steven Adams somewhere else. I'm just saying. I don't know how good of a fit that would be. And Kemba Walker. Could be going to Boston. I'm not saying he will. I don't predict he will. But that's the hot topic with Kemba Walker. Um, so, apparently, Celtics and Mavericks are at the front of the line for Hornets point guard Kemba Walker by Bleacher Report. And CBS Sports just reported eight hours ago. So, this is... I mean, this this is something to think about. Kemba Walker could legitimately be a Celtic. My problem with Kemba Walker has also been what else besides the scoring and the leadership. Kemba Walker is a humble star with a small, small ego. I mean, this guy, you, Kyrie Irving comes into Boston. Boston comes into Boston, asks for his own team, pleads for his own team. Does not want to play with LeBron freaking James because he wants his own team. Comes here, plays with the team that was this close to making it to the Eastern Conference without him. Was minutes away. You can't really see how, how much I'm saying. Was so close to making it to the Eastern Conference Finals without him the year before. He went out to one of the best teams in the league. One of the best teams he could ask for and was complaining about it. Kemba Walker played for the dumpster fire. Charlotte Hornets, and I don't hear a peep out of him about it. I don't hear him complain once. Small ego. You have to respect Kemba Walker because he's played in that dumpster fire, never once complained. Even if a guy complained about being in Charlotte, I wouldn't give him as much crap as I would really look like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving so soft. Kemba Walker stuck it out for years. Kyrie Irving couldn't spend one year in Boston without complaining. I mean, given he spent that first year, you get my point. Kemba Walker spent almost seven years, I think, in Charlotte. Charlotte. Seven years in the dumpster fire Charlotte Hornets. With the dumpster fire Charlotte Hornets, and I've never heard a peep out of that guy. He's been super underrated. Got snubbed from All-Star Games. Never heard a peep out of him. A good leader in the locker room. But again, on the court skills, besides scoring, I don't really see a lot out of Kemba Walker. And again, a really underrated, great player. I'm not knocking him for that. There's a lot of players like that. Like, think about it. Damian Lillard, besides scoring, really doesn't do anything else. Yeah, he has ball handles, but, like, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, I'm talking, is Kemba Walker a playmaker? No. Is play, is Kemba Walker a defender? No. Is he a rebounder? No. These types of things. But neither is Damian Lillard. And I feel like he's been... You know, he's been able to succeed in the NBA. So there are these guys that really can only score, but are still good. And that's Kemba Walker. But Kemba Walker has such a small ego. You know, follow Brad Stevens' lead. 
and be a great guy in this locker room, I think it would be great. He'd pair good with the young guys. He's still, you know, let's come around what Kyrie Irving it was. Now I think about it. Kyrie Irving wasn't a good defender. Kyrie Irving was a solid facilitator when he wanted to be, so I'll give him that. His playmaking was solid. And, you know, Kyrie Irving overall better play than Kemba Walker. But I'll probably take Kemba over Kyrie. But again, it depends on what the the salary, you know, how many years. Are we taking him in for five years here? Kemba Walker is already 29 years old. So I don't want him in here for five years, but three or four? That's solid. I, I'd prefer three. Like three years plus a um, um, team option would be great. Sorry, I'm stumbling today, guys. Jeez, this two days off really getting to me. No, but seriously, Kemba Walker already at 29. I'd more prefer like three years, maybe a team option. But Kemba deserves around the max, I'd say. Yeah, he deserves the max. He's a max player. But Kemba Walker, great player. Again, besides the scoring, that's the one thing with him. Besides the scoring, what else is he going to give you? But he's a great player. He'd be such a small ego. He'd be a perfect fit with this team in Brad Stevens. Because after Kyrie Irving, after having to put up with Kyrie Irving, what a piece of cake Kemba Walker would be. That would be awesome. Wow. Kyrie Irving, one of the most unlikable guy in Boston sports history. And then you get Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker, you'll never hear a peep out of him. Oh, that would be, be great. Oh, that would be awesome to have a star that doesn't complain about every little thing. Oh, that would be great. Small ego. Those are the guys that you have to respect the most. Like Dirk. Not only that, but he's really loyal, both of them. So that is today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Calling on the Anchor Mobile app. Go follow my Instagram at After the Buzzer Sports Talk, all lowercase, no spaces. Hope and thank you guys for listening, and I hope to see you next time.